0: Hey there and welcome to beer branding trends conversations on building stronger craft beverage brands Kodo design has spent more than a decade working with craft food and beverage artisans helping them to brand or rebrand reposition and reimagine what a compelling f and b brand can be this show captures all of our field work and experience into practical strategies tips and tactics to help you build a stronger brand and sell more beer i'm isaac arthur and i'm cody feig and this is the beer branding trends podcast Hey, Cody. What's up?
1: Not a whole lot. Isaac, how are you doing on this beautiful Friday morning? It is beautiful outside.
0: I'm doing great. Uh, I'm really excited today because you and I are going to be talking about brand guidelines. Cody, this is an incredibly important document that captures the most important elements of your brand strategy and identity. It's often the culmination of a large project. It is a bow on top of the branding process. And in our experience, in your experience, how many people read these guidelines?
1: Maybe one out of 5,000. (laughs)
0: that might still actually be generous but but let's start there Uh, one out of five thousand why do you it's probably a little better than that but but why do you think that is
1: because when people at least historically when i've seen this and this might be a little out of date (laughs) because i'm I'm going back my school and internship experience sure these brand guidelines get put in a giant binder and they get put on a weird shelf next to the clip art cds and the stuff other stuff that nobody uses anymore and people just kind of go on their own.
0: <laughs> oh, man. No, now I'm remembering my internship. They actually were well-produced, or not well, but they were produced binders, weren't they? Mm-hmm. It was like a thing that you Yeah, remember. it was
1: a big production. The, the physicality of it was a huge part of it. And usually it was just an overwrought three-ring binder with custom covers and stuff. Kind of a waste. <laughs>
0: Do you speaking of do you remember the brand guidelines I posted on Slack a while back it was for a regional brewery rebrand that we're actually kind of wrapping up i mean we ended up working with them it's almost done now but specifically the guidelines i'm talking about were from their last refresh which was like 8 or 9 years ago do you remember how many pages that document was i remember
1: thinking of the Pepsi rebrand document which <laughs> maybe that's that's the thing that everybody should just press pause on the podcast Delete, delete our podcast and go on Google and type in Pepsi rebrand document because that is a doozy. So I, I remembered that this brewery's brand guidelines reminded me of that ridiculous Pepsi document. So it's I like, you know, it's a couple hundred pages, I think.
0: 227 pages. <laughs> wow. <laughs> do you, yeah. Do you know how much meaningless bullshit you can and they did squeeze into a 227 page PDF? It's an art form. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it would be okay if there were useful or was useful information in that document, but but in reading it, it, it we just got the sense that it was padded out because I don't know there, it was a high price tag or something. It, it was bizarrely un, unusable. And to draw a stark contrast here, how long are how long are our brand guidelines? Uh, what do they tend to clock in at?
1: Gosh, I'm trying to decide when to cut off client work. Uh, let's say 10, 10, usually around a dozen pages. So we'll give a range of eight or 10 to 15 pages, depending on the project and the needs and the context.
0: That's it. That's all it's got to be all killer, no filler. And I guess before we go any further, it'd probably be a good time to actually define what this is. So Cody, what are brand guidelines for our lovely listeners?
1: Oh yeah, we could have done that at the top probably. (laughs) (laughs) yeah. People are like five minutes in and they're just clocking out of this. So yeah, at a really high level, brand guidelines are a document that define how your brand and identity should be represented. Mm -hmm. Two or three major things in general are captured in this document. You might hear people, the first is really kind of the utilitarian. You might hear people call it a style guide. This is just literally specifications for things like when and why to use certain different logo file formats, what typography, you know, what fonts are at play and, and what weights are supposed to be used when. Color palettes, including both Pantone matching system, CMYK, stuff for web screen and all of that. This, this is kind of where the don't do this to the logo section lives. So if you see like a logo that's stretched out like Taffy and it, don't do, don't do this, don't <laughs> you dare do this, that's usually in this section as well. Then we like to include things like merch or package design. I don't know, for lack of a better term, rules or just examples. I think it's a lot more helpful to other designers to see the stuff in in context and at play. So notes about brand architecture, when and where to do certain things, packaging templates or hierarchy stuff, like how prominent is the brewery name? How prominent is the style, the beer name on packaging? Just to give an example. And then, yeah, usually round it out with examples of usage. Again, things like glassware, packaging, social media post examples. I mean, the the list goes on. It just kind of depends on what the project is calling for and kind of what clients need. Kind of the other piece there, and maybe more important, depending on what you're looking for from a brand guidelines document. But we like to include an outline of the key messaging pillars. So that is, if we've gone through brand strategy with you, we've come out of the other side of that with some pretty compelling, um, I'd say copy, but we, we want to show how it ties in with the look and feel as well. So really just something for someone to refer back to and kind of get some creative juice and understand the positioning of the brand, where it's trying to go, and kind of what the tone of voice is. So things like brand essence messaging, how the brand architecture breaks out, if you've got a lot of different brands you're managing or sub-brands or however that may be.
0: Let me interrupt you real quick. You said this is arguably more important than the the kind of visual style guide. Those are practical, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, they're bu- yeah, I shouldn't have said it was more important because... Uh, I'm thinking about that doesn't actually make a ton of sense. They're both very important because really the two big things you need in a functioning brand guideline, you need that section that tells your story, but then kind of to your point, usage guidelines, the very like tech spec kind of just, just tell me what color to use. Just tell me what font should I be using to stay close to the family here. That stuff is super important too. Folks will need that to refer to and it can keep it consistent. We we talk a lot about consistency and branding identity, packaging, merchandise, website, making sure that everything fits together as a big system, really important, Um, making sure that all those touch points look and feel the same and credibly feel like they're from the same company, even if you have different people working on them, that's where this becomes really important as a practical tool. But then I think that's where that, that second part I mentioned earlier, where we're talking more about the strategy and the brand positioning. I think if any other designer or architect or someone who's writing copy for you or all the different creative fields that can step into a project with you, depending on what you're working on, it's really important for them to know what is the personality of this company to have an example of kind of like if we breathe life into this, how do I get into the mind space of this? And so that's why that sort of positioning and brand essence stuff is really important up front. Ultimately, it's like, what kind of fans are you cultivating? How are you talking to them? And and how do they know that you're you're the right person for what they need and what they want?
0: Yeah. I think where this really shines is when the brewery starts to work with other external partners, whether that's a PR group or a social media agency or something like that. We kind of glossed over it earlier, but you will probably have dozens of opportunities where you need to reference a particular logo or give you know, a shirt vendor a specific Pantone or color
1: or typeface or something like that.
0: This doc makes that process really easy.
1: Yeah. Our thinking about that is, you know, we're handing you all these files with all these nested confusing folders and we want to basically give our clients a cheat sheet to go and look and say okay here's all the logo builds i have kind of laid out on these two or three pdf pages i can scroll through i have a little guide to tell me all right if i'm getting a shirt printed these two file formats are probably the ones they're going to be after so our hope is to demystify when you get a folder full of junk that has a bunch of weird file extensions on the end of it That you know what it is, even if your computer can't necessarily open it, which we run into all the time. You know, it's like if if we're ever doing any Adobe files or sometimes even things like EPSs or SVGs, it's like, what the hell is this? My computer doesn't know what to do with this. But we at least try to let people know, like, your printer might want this or you might want to use this in a certain situation. So it's really helpful there as well. Yeah,
0: you you may not know that you need it, but you do need it. And you should own your brand once we're done here. There, There should be no, like... You should completely have the keys to run everything when we're done. So that's part of this process. Yeah,
1: like what I go back to is a question of efficiency. Do you really want to be emailing my harebrained ass every single time you need to get a t-shirt printed? Probably not. And if you have that stuff on file and you have a guide that kind of walks you through that, it's you're not waiting on us. <laughs>
0: You know, I want to go back to the messaging part. Uh, another big benefit of that, is specifically the messaging and strategy side of the brand guidelines is the ability to use that as an onboarding tool. We've had a few folks do this, obviously, but we've had a, we've had a few clients actually want us to build out that portion a little bit more for that reason. Uh, tell me a little bit about that.
1: The big thing here is giving people an easy to grasp overview of things like origin story, brand voice, brand values. I think I've seen a lot of brand guideline documents kind of belabor these points and it it almost makes it hard to tell what you're supposed to come out of it with because there's so much stuff. So we like to keep them short and sweet, clear, straight to the point and to set people up with a good idea of what this brand sprung to life and became a weird golem of a person. What would they be like? How would they talk to fans? How would they handle different situations? So they can live in and often do live in an onboarding packet, I think they, they give you a really good start for if you're hiring on new employees and you want to give an idea of what it's like to work here and kind of the personality that the company's going for and all that. It's not that this type of document is expressly built to do that, but I think it gives you the good roots to at least start that conversation. And, and you could probably use it as, as the genesis of an employee onboarding package, for example. We want it to be concise. And, and that's the old, that's the point of when we're putting them together is we, we just want this to be quick so that where you're not taking up a bunch of time to get into the mindset of of working on on the, the actual work.
0: Yeah. If I can go back a bit, setting aside all the obvious padding, we have seen some blended documents that are kind of part brand guidelines, part employee handbook. Those can easily be upwards of 100 pages or more, again, hopefully without filler. I'm not sure you and I have ever actually talked about this. We've never built something like that for a client specifically. Just
1: what do you think about that idea? You know, I'm actually not sure. I'm curious to hear what you have to say because I've never really thought about those two things together before, even though it actually does make a lot of sense when you present it like that.
0: Yeah. I, I think an employee handbook can and should have some of the same info as the brand guidelines, but on their own, brand guidelines are a specific tool to help you maintain consistency through your visual identity and branding. So if for no other reason than people might more readily reference them when creating new packaging or pieces of communication, they should be kept separate, I think. I don't think it's bad to combine them necessarily, but they are different tools fundamentally at the end of the day. What, what do you, you agree? You disagree?
1: Yeah, I think I'm just going to do the easy thing and sort of touch on what I said, fall back on what I said earlier, which is I think a brand guideline is a really good starting point for thinking about what types of sort of soft or qualitative stuff that you're including in your employee onboarding I think it can help you start thinking about that in really practical ways. But at the end of the day, they're two different tools, and they're designed to accomplish different things.
0: I just thought of another example of why the messaging and story component is so important. Last year, we were hired by a brewery that had a very well-done identity, but we were doing some packaging work for them. But they had never received guidelines Through whoever had worked with them initially to build that identity. And so this was part of a larger packaging refresh project we were helping them with, but we were not touching their identity and they explicitly wanted to go through our brand strategy process so we could spell out their essence and values and core communication pillars. It was an interesting ask uh, when you kind of step back and look at it all. So we won't say who that is, obviously, but the the project is about wrapped. And I got the sense that they would have hired us just for the strategy and guidelines project, even if they didn't need to revamp their packaging. It they, they, they seemed to be such a such a commonly requested thing internally with their communications team.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess that was something they had been asking about for a while, and everyone just always kind of shrugged and said, "Well, we don't have it." So, <laughs> so. It's the kind of thing that you really miss if you don't have it, but then sometimes if you do have it, I don't know. It can it can get it can grow underutilized as well.
0: I'm gonna give you the final word here, but before I do, have we talked about how well done brand guidelines are another way to protect your investment? I feel like that's been kind of a common uh, theme
1: or a through line of several episodes we've done now. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of alluded to that just now, and and we might have mentioned it like on earlier episodes, kind of in passing, but yeah, like. Provided that people read it and follow it. Brand guidelines are a great way to keep your brand and messaging consistent, thus protecting your investment. It amazes me. It amazes me. You spend thousands of dollars on this work and then throw up a, a pink social media post with Jokerman font and a picture of like a, a weird green dog and stuff that just has nothing to do with what your company is supposed to be about.
0: Your postmodern social media strategy. <laughs>
1: Yeah. And it's like, come on, it's like if you're spending this money, make sure you see it through to the end. That doesn't mean every post or every piece of merchandise or every single thing you ever do has to fall in lockstep with the brand guidelines. I don't mean that at all, but at least try to apply this stuff and take advantage of what it can do for you. You know, the more consistent you are, it's a multiplying effect. The more power you have in the market, the more people are going to see you, remember you and give you a shot and stick with you. And it just amazes me that people spend this money and they don't see it through on the execution side. So you said I get the final word. Is that it? Or or are we going to keep going? Can you top what
0: you just said? That was a pretty good ending. Uh, Don't stretch your logo, folks. That was way better. Cody, you've done it again. (laughs) So we're talking about... I don't know if we queued this up i think we're probably going to cut this whole piece out but we're talking about the pepsi what is this these aren't brand guidelines this is like a pitch document maybe
1: yeah so pepsi rebranded circa i mean it was it was in the aughts so it was around i remember like we were finishing up school was when when some of this stuff dropped and yeah it's called the it's called the breathtaking design strategy god damn and this one marks it as a work in progress so i i think this thing got out and it wasn't really meant to and and for good reason because you go through it and i feel like i need to be in some m- master philosophy class of postmodernism to break this thing down it's insane <laughs> I'm on, what page
0: am I on here? It doesn't matter what page I'm on. I'll just read this. Breathtaking Universal Design Principles. Breathtaking, all caps. Breathtaking is a strategy based on the evolution of 5,000 plus years of shared ideas in design philosophy creating an authentic constitution of design. This chart documents the origin and evolution of intellectual property. You know you're in for some major bullshit when you start dropping the golden ratio over any image.
1: It's. I, I keep using the word insane. I don't know what else to say. Yeah. This pitch document starts with, with a timeline of unrelated junk. <laughs> 3000 BC, the, the Hindu tradition of numerical <laughs> harmony as spatial organizer. So, so Pep. It's fucking
0: soda. PepsiCo
1: and, and this agency that they're working with is trying to lay claim to, to thousands of years old Hindu tradition. It's soda pop. What are you talking about? You, you, you buy this at a gas station. It's
0: fucking soda. Oh my God. <laughs> you give it to your children because you're a bad parent. Oh
1: my God, and, and then it's like this weird, like, they, they go through this weird period of just drawing circles and ovals over stuff in this. Oh, fuck.
0: We need to do more of this in our work.
1: It's amazing. It's like someone just dropped acid and just started <laughs> just drawing circles over vintage Pepsi logos. And it's really not clear. It's not clear why.
0: What the f <laughs> is this? I'm getting deeper and deeper and it's into
1: real. it. And the amount of money thrown around on this stuff is insane. This is why people don't use brand guidelines because they see stuff like this and they go.
0: They literally are just drawing circles and ovals.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> the Parthenon's in here. We got Mona Lisa. <laughs>
0: Oh, my God. Yeah, they got fucking Da Vinci art in this. You can't... Yeah, it's soda. Like, the golden ratio it.
1: is like the dumb guy's way of... <laughs> like, it's just... It's so... Like, yeah, it can be nice, but I, I can also lay a golden ratio over like a raccoon in a trash can or something. And like... It's, <laughs>
0: I was I was just gonna say I don't remember if we were in the same class in school, but I I had taken a, f- a black and white photo of dog shit on a, on the ground and I put the golden ratio over it and I I presented it as like a a thing in one of our classes because I was a smart smart student and I think I got a B on it. So there, <laughs> no, that. I was not in
1: that class with you, unfortunately.
0: Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, that, we, we wouldn't be in business had you seen that project, man. The Pepsi rate, mother. The golden ratio it starts with a square. The Pepsi ratio it starts with a circle. Cody, yeah, this is amazing. I I hope this firm got paid ten million dollars for this document. Yeah, like
1: it, it's almost it, it reminds me of like Andy Kaufman or just it's just like this high level performance art. You're talking about the relativity of space and time in your soda pop document. Yeah, and your <laughs> and your <fucking> soda PDF. <laughs>
0: Oh my God, we have to stop. All right, this is good. (laughs) Thanks for listening to Beer Branding Trends. If you like what we're doing here, if you find this valuable, please rate and review us over on iTunes. And head over to beerbrandingtrends.com to join more than 5,000 subscribers who receive our monthly email newsletter covering strategy, currents, and actionable advice from Kodo Design, a branding firm on the front lines of beer and beverage branding. Take care. We'll catch back up with you soon.